Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hi guys, Chris here, and time for another episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Hope everybody is well. So, this week, as you'll have noticed on social media and through my various posts talking about this week's episode, I'm going to be doing another one of our ever-popular You Guys Send Me Your Questions episodes. I don't think I described that quite very well there. (laughs) So, basically, for our, our newer followers, newer friends to the show, every now and again, I do like to take your questions. Um, now sometimes it's a bit of a, I'll be honest, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle and I have to ask over and over again. People are, yeah, we'll send you a question. And then you ask them five times. But this time around, you, you guys have come through. I've done something a little bit different with this. Um, normally what I would do is I'd ask on social media, but obviously long time listeners of the show will know my recent debacle with Facebook and the whole restrictions thing has meant that I've had to get a little bit more creative. So this time, as well as going through um, Instagram and Twitter for the first time properly, properly, my words will work, it's actually freezing here at the minute. Um, forgot to turn the heating on, so my mouth's still frozen solid, pretty much. Um, but no, uh, what I did was I went on to Reddit. Uh, I normally, as a rule, don't use it. Um, and I know there are going to be some people in here now uh, on this show listening in that are actually from the Reddit threads that I posted. Now, I like to deal in honesty here and let's be honest reddit can be a little bit of a crap fest sometimes when it comes to getting niceness out of people um but in you guys have come through you sent some pretty awesome questions through there's a real big mix and um, also later in the show we are going to be chatting to um somebody that i've sort of been hinting at the involvement um potential new sponsor for the show i've seen some of the posts on social media so they're going to be joining me on the phone a little bit later just to discuss a little bit about what they're going to be doing and how they're going to be involved with the show we're also going to be joined by matt chapman for his weekly mitmaster chat or should i say weekly matt chat uh this time from expert empires he's actually there now as i'm recording this in there filling his brain full of knowledge um, so we're going to be tapping into some of that awesome knowledge, hopefully, as long as we can get the internet connection to work, um, with Matthew Chapman later on in this episode. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. So shall we get straight into the questions? I think we should. Let's not mess about. Let's get straight into them. Now, I've got um, these various, if you can hear me rustling paper, I've actually printed them out. Last time I tried to do them off a tablet... Um, which was an absolute disaster. I was trying to have it so that you couldn't hear me rustling paper around and moving stuff on my desk, but I can't be doing with that. So I've actually just gone for the old-fashioned printout and a pen, which you can probably hear me clicking around, just so that I know which questions I've asked. Okay, so let's start off with one. Let's start off with one straight from Reddit. Okay, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the usernames out here. Um, Some of them are a little bit creative, and some of them I might have to censor a little bit. But um, the first one comes from FC UK, who asks, which fighter did slash do you try to mimic style-wise, if any? Now, that would be a really boring answer if I was just to say no. <laughs> but what I will say is, I guess, uh, for those that don't know, I've been involved in martial arts in one form or another now, probably for 
it's over 30 years. Um, God, I'm old. <laughs> uh, but it's changed over the years. Um, obviously, initially as a kid, I would say that I mimicked most my instructors. You know, I, I tried to move like them, be like them, do as they do, because that's what kids do. Um, over the years, it's changed. You know, I went through a phase of, as a teenager, sort of being obsessed with Jackie Chan and everything that he did. Now, I know that's not a fighter, but we're gonna, I'm going to broaden it a little bit to sort of just martial arts in general. Um, and again, I went through a phase of, of mimicking Jackie's movements and kind of wanting to be like a, 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 not a mini Jackie Chan, but like a clone of Jackie Chan, which is, you know, it's cool, but let, let's be honest, you know, I'm, I, I was some kid from, from Yorkshire, um, not, not Jackie Chan. Um, so whilst I was doing my best to try and copy his movements, and actually, to be fair, I, I think some of it's still there, influence-wise, in the way that I do certain things. I've just done it so many times. But obviously, as I've gotten older, I've then you know started to, to look at more more people, the way they move. Um, I, I, I think, I think style-wise, the way I, I move, I generally move a lot more, say, like a points fighter than I would do anything else. Um, I think it just lends itself to sort of my slightly more... Well, it's changing as I'm getting older, but previously I was a lot more leggy, so I would do a lot more kicks. I still kick a lot now. Those those that know me properly, you'll know that's what I love to do. But obviously, you know, getting a little bit older now, I'm having to sort of change the way I move. I think more recently... I think more recently... I don't know if I necessarily try to mimic it. I just sort of like it. Um, I know this is this is one of these, uh, these individuals that is a love hate sort of Marmite character, but um, I like the way Conor McGregor moves, um, and I know that he's again he's somebody with a Taekwondo background like I have, and there's just something about the way he moves that I like, um, and I've tried to ad- adopt certain elements of it within my sparring, but I think ultimately, I think ultimately there's not one person. There's the influences of, of, of many, many different people over the years. So hopefully, Mr. FC UK, that, that um, answers your question. Whatever your name is for real. That's just one of the cool things about Reddit, I suppose. Okay, so the next one's coming in from Reddit. Now, this is completely... This is the cool thing about this. This couldn't be more different to the last question. Okay, this one comes from somebody called Chessbox. Okay, when you watch older martial arts films like 36 Chambers of Shaolin, do you see much more influence from the opera schools with only lip service to real martial arts or is the action more based in martial arts but with an opera school flair okay so this one is probably not going to hit home to many people who are more interested in the realities of martial arts trading as opposed to the movie sides but i guess this the easiest way to answer this question really is it's it's dependent on the fight coordinator really isn't it you know, um, I, I I would say if the coordinator at the time on the particular film is of an opera background, then obviously, and and not only that, but obviously the the performer in the film, the the people acting and and performing within the scenes, a, a good coordinator is always going to take into account the strengths of the people that they're working with and the influences that they've had as an individual. I think it's fair to say that there was, you know, there was quite a heavy. Um, bias towards you know coordinators from an opera background in those times but again it was it, it's personal preference isn't it um 
the, you can see if you look from film to film differences in approaches from the coordinators and what they were wanting to get from it. Um, and I, I, I think it's not it's not an easy one to answer. I don't think that it was necessarily only lip service to real martial arts. I think if you look at if you look at some say Gordon Liu films as well, especially there was a lot uh, there was a lot of effort um, to put in actual perceived to be actual martial arts. Again, this is very subjective. You know, one person's tiger claw is going to be a deadly technique. Another person's going to look at it and go, well, "That's not going to work." I'm not sitting on either side of that i'm just saying that that's the way it is it's martial arts it's subjective so i think it it really does depend on the individual involved as to how much martial arts versus opera was involved and for for those people that listening they're going what the hell is he talking about singing um sort of peaking beijing opera it was a if you think of it kind of like a a performance school so to speak you know for 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 martial arts and acting and performing and um there's actually several quite good documentaries and films being made but you go look it up Uh, you you, peking opera you look at people like uh jackie chan samo hung yun biao yun wa all these people have all come from 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 um opera backgrounds so if you've seen any of those films you'll you'll know the kind of cool stuff that they're doing okay so moving on again that was a very different one um Another one, let's go to Facebook. Good old Facebook. This one came through from Brad. Um, He asks, if you could save time in any area of your martial arts business magically, what would you choose? Now, when you say magically, do you mean by actual magic, like Harry Potter stuff? Or by not joking. Okay, if I could save time in any area of my martial arts business, what would you choose? Uh, now the thing is, whatever I answer with this, I know that Matt would kick my ass and just say, "We'll get somebody else to do that for you." One of my one of my worst things is delegating in general. I'm a I, I'm a bit of a I don't know if it's necessarily that I'm a control freak, but I think I place expectation on myself to do everything because I think I, my perception is that people are expecting me to be doing everything. Um, it's one of these old martial arts things, isn't it? We we have it drilled into us from from being kids to take responsibility and um, do the things we need to do and all this stuff. So then, when you become a martial arts business owner, you kind of carry that ethos through. Um, if I could save time in any area of my martial arts business, what would it be? It would probably be advertising, because whilst it's a necessary part of my business, it's not why I got into teaching. Um, I, I don't dislike doing it, but if I could simplify it and streamline it, where somebody's probably listening to this going, get somebody else to do it. And you're right, you're right, you're, you're right. But it's this control thing, isn't it? I, I don't, because the advertising directly affects my business, I want to make sure it's done properly. Ultimately, could somebody that does advertising professionally do it better? Yes. So should I delegate that? Yes. Have I yet? No. I think I, I think in 2020, God, that sounds weird saying 2020. In 2020, I do need to give that to somebody else. Brad, thanks for the poke in the side. That's what I need to do. That's where I need to save time. Not doing advertising. When I sh- in fairness, though, if I wasn't spending, you know, however much time each day on advertising, I could be doing it on training, which is what I love about martial arts. Anyway. Okay, so the next one is coming again from Reddit from somebody by the username of Figure It Out Kid. I don't know what I don't know whether he's saying 
to somebody else to figure it out, or if he's saying that he is the figure it out kid, like the really clever kids go to to figure stuff out. Anyway, if somebody is just starting to get into martial arts, what route would you recommend they take in terms of learning different styles? God, this could be a full-on can of worms opened here, couldn't it? Um, okay. Everyone, I think everyone's going to give a different answer depending on their bias and their experience. Um, ultimately, I think I would say go with what you like, not with what you feel the expectation is for you to do. I think right now, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying anything bad about any of these systems. I think they're all great systems. And that is genuine. That's not just a prerequisite so I don't get challenged by five different school owners or something. This is generally what I think. I think there's an expectation on there at the minute for everybody to do something groundwork-based, grappling-based. I think there's expectation there for people to do something full-contact-based, stand-up fighting. But I, I think really it's down to what you want. What what is your end? Re- what is the end result? What do you want? Do you want to be a professional fighter? Then yeah, depending on what you wanted to do, you're going to have to look at the systems that are best going to benefit you in that that journey. Are you want to just get a little bit fitter and enjoy doing something martial arts based? If that's your answer, then you know you're going to pick. And again, I'm not going to label systems to these answers because I don't think that's particularly fair to the systems, but. I think most people have a general idea of what I'm saying and what I'm getting at. You know, if you're wanting to do something relaxing and therapeutic that involves zero contact whatsoever, there are obvious systems that you're going to go and train in. Now, why am I not mentioning some of the systems? Because every time I do that, there'll be somebody from one of those systems that'll come back and go, well, no, because I could use this this art to do this. and and Or they'll go, this art isn't all about that, because they're not, are they? They're not, you know... Um, you could do whichever system and you could switch and change it to suit your requirements, you know. So if you're just starting out in martial arts, what route would you say or what route would you recommend they take in terms of learning different styles? I would say go and try out lots of different things with the, with the mindset of what do you want from your training. You know, if you just want to do something casually to have fun, are you going to want... Well, it depends on the individual, I guess. But are you going to want to be getting your face smashed in every time around? Are you going to be wanting to get choked out every time around? Possibly not. Possibly you are. You know. That, but again, this is why it's subjective and this is why you should go to the different schools. Take advantage of free trials that, let's be honest, pretty much whether you're doing a, you know, a, a £3 a class or a £50 a month school, everybody gives out free trials these days. Go check out the school, do a free trial, see if you enjoy it. Is it what you want? Is it going to get you to your end goal? If it is, great. There you go. You found your route. Hopefully that answers that question. Right, next one. We're going to go to Reddit again from somebody by the username of Kabudo. Now, this is quite a long question, so I'm going to try and shorten it down a little bit. I'm just reading it from the sheet now, actually. Okay, so he says... um, do you think all martial arts schools should offer free training for cops? Now, he says cops. I'm going to change that to police just because it just suits me better that. So, um, do you think all martial arts schools should offer free training to police? In my, This is his, by the way. In my experience, most police are barely poorly trained in hand-to-hand. I have trained with police and heard this from their own mouths. We are seeing a lot of cases where police officers use weapons in situations where they should not... 
such as the viral video where a police tasered a little lady who didn't want to get out of her car. I think that if police were better trained, they would stop relying on their weapons so much. At the end of the day, they are there to protect the citizens. Perhaps free training across the board at all schools would be a good incentive. It would be a problem if the dojo is suddenly full of non-paying students, as there's no room for the paying ones, but I doubt that would happen. It might it might give a few more... Sorry, it might... But it might get a few more police involved. All right, it might get a few more police involved. Right, okay, this is a... This is a tricky one. Um, okay, let's get back to the fir- the initial part. Do you think that all martial arts schools should offer free training for police? No, I don't think they all should. I think the ones that want to should. I don't think we should be in a position where school owners and instructors are obliged to give out their services for free because they're police. Now, do I think, do I personally think it's a good thing to do? Yeah, absolutely I think it's a great thing to do, but I don't think that all schools should be expected to. Um, it, 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 we've got to have that personal choice in there. It, 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 we, we, sh- we shouldn't have people feeling that they are morally or ethic- ethically obliged to behave in a certain way that's going to cause them difficulties in the longer term. Now, interestingly on this one, um, I can speak from some experience, not because... Not because um, I, I've run a scheme, but I have actually tried to. I actually set up uh, a scheme about three years ago. I offered um, free martial arts training to local police officers. Um, I got in touch with um, a friend of mine who was actually one of my first black belts that, that is a police officer or was a police officer. I said, look, do you think this is something that people could get on board with, and he, he thought it was a great idea. So I, I, I went to... I can't even remember who I contacted. It was somebody with, within the police that deals with um, recru- recruitment or um, the sort of more social elements of policing. And I got no response at all. Not even a thanks, but no thanks. I then went to a different person um, within the same sort of North Yorkshire catchment. Again, no response. Now... Could it have been a technical fault? Possibly. Do I think it was? No. Um, so I tried this. Um, I put it out there, and I didn't get a particularly good response back. Now I'm not taking. I could take it all personally and go, "Oh, they were ignoring my my offer and turning their nose up at what I teach." I don't think it was that. I think there was probably a lot more boring stuff involved. Um, you know, looking at. Uh, issues with insurance and possibly liability and and all this I won't say rubbish because obviously that stuff is important but sometimes it can just get in the way um I think there was possibly a, a little bit of that now just coming back to what you were saying about um we see a lot of cases where police use weapons in situations where they should not that that's that's always going to happen in all jobs isn't it people are going to use things wrongly where they shouldn't but I think in fairness, the best... I, it's not really for me to comment when it's right for police to use weapons and when it's not, because I'm not a police officer um, and I don't use their weapons, so I'm not going to judge them on when they use them. Now, will they have used them wrongly? Yeah, absolutely, because like I just said, we all make mistakes and we all do things wrong from time to time. Absolutely, in all walks of life, in all jobs. 
But I think we need to keep in mind that there is a difference between the, what we're teaching in martial arts studios and schools and what's going on day to day in a in a police officer's world. You know, um, you know, martial arts training for the most part. You know, even though we're doing sparring, it's not it's not live fighting. It's not real. It's not. We're not dealing with the adrenaline dump. We're not dealing with the verbal. We're not dealing with the getting spat at. We're not getting dealt with being trying to be stabbed or jumped on or run over. And we've got to remember that when police officers are going out every day, I'm not saying these things are happening every day, but there is the possibility that these things are going to happen. We've only got to look at the news, especially over here in the UK. You know, We're seeing police officers getting run over by kids in cars. It's stuff like that. You, know, you, you, you can't train any t- type of martial arts you know, to, to deal with kids trying to run over you in cars, you know, or throw petrol bombs at you, or, you know, th- this is stuff that only the police can deal with. Um, again, though, coming back to the original point, would it be a good thing to offer it? Yeah, I think it is. And as I said, I try to offer it. But I don't think it's something... This is this is kind of like the whole we should get martial arts in schools debate that's gone around again. I don't I don't agree with that completely at all. I think it's a nice thing to offer, but I don't think it should be there as an absolute. So, I know some of you are going to probably disagree with me on that one, and some of you are probably nodding your head going, yes, yeah, fantastic answer, but you can't really please everybody on that one. But hopefully it's an answer for you. And if, by the way, if there is anybody listening to this, working in the police, that that can offer um, a solution to my conundrum of trying to get in touch with the local police force and offer free training, I would still gladly, I would gladly still offer that out. It would have to be within... A certain time to have my school we run small classes you know a large adult class for me is eight because that's the way i work so obviously i can't financially you know um allow my school to just be flooded by lots of unpaid members but i can make space once a week for a class specifically just for people within the police it would be an interesting one actually because you could get a better get a better take on things or maybe they wouldn't want to maybe they would just want to switch off and just smash things but anyway, if anybody's got contact, get in touch and I'll be, be happy to, to help out. Okay, this next one, very simple one. <laughs> I actually quite like it. This is one of the ones that came in on Instagram using that whole questions thing that I only found out you could do about a week ago, being the old man that I am. Um, this one came in from JP. JP, my my relatively new friend. Um, he actually, he was the guy that sent over the absolutely awesome Jean-Claude Van Damme impressions that we used on the Van Damme special and the really cool, long talk about Van Damme towards the end of that episode, which you should go check out. His question, very simply, is when's the Scott Adkins episode coming then? Question mark. Good question. When is the Scott Adkins episode coming? Um, maybe soon. Maybe soon. Um, you know, it would be... It would be super, super, super cool to get him on, even if it was just for a few minutes, just for a chat. So, if anybody out there's listening that can hook me up, um, then that'd be cool. Get Scott on the show. We've got a lot of mutual friends and sort of associates in the industry. Um, I've met him a couple of times. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe the Scott Adkins episode's coming soon. No, that's not me teasing or anything. I've genuinely not got anything organised. <laughs> But um, given his, you know, more recent rise to fame over certainly over the last ten years or so, I think it'd be nice. Um, I don't know whether he'd be interested in giving a little podcast like mine any time, but who knows? Who knows? Come on, JP, hook me up. 
Yeah, can help me out. You, you, you probably, you've probably got contacts with Scott still. So, let's get him on the episode. Um, okay, next one. Uh, this one comes from Comic Relief Thirteen on Reddit. Reddit's really come through for me today, hasn't it? It's done a good job. Um, and that's a nice question, by the way. <laughs> um, I've got a question for you. In your opinion, how do you become a real martial artist? God's sake! They're all these deep questions. Now I'm a bit of a deep thinker, as you probably picked up on when we had the Alfie Lewis episode not long ago. Um, this one you could come at from so many different angles, couldn't you? How do you become a real martial artist? What is a real martial artist? What is a real martial artist? You know, my perception of a real martial artist versus Conor McGregor's perception of a real martial artist versus whoever. We're all going to have different opinions on what martial arts is because martial arts means a different thing to everybody. For some people, martial arts is centering, controlling, uh, being at one with their with their thoughts themselves. For other people, it's ground and pound and smashing somebody till they stop moving. It it means so many different things. So so what is a real martial artist? I would imagine. I, I, I would think you don't ever. Uh, a real martial artist is somebody who is constantly pushing themselves and evolving we never in martial arts we never fight we never become the final pro sorry that's my watch beeping we never become the final there's never an end product in martial arts is there it's a constantly evolving thing you know i am you the way i look at it especially for all right i'll take it from example with my kicking you know that i like to kick stuff i'm obsessive about kicking i always have been i have my online training programs you see my videos for the most part probably on social media the way I kick now versus the way I kicked two years ago is different. Versus the way I kicked five years ago is different. It's a constantly moving target. My hips are tightening up. My lower back is tightening up. I've had a knee operation. The 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 the, the goals are constantly changing. You know, I, the, I know a lot of people that you know that train over the years that that have done something, and then as they've found that they're not able to do certain things. They've just switched off in their head and they've gone, right, I can't do this anymore. I, I don't tend to be... And I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Look, if that, everyone's different. I just put that in there. Everyone's different. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's how it is. I, though, I like to... I'm, I'm constantly... I'm trying to find the limit of what I can do in the now. Not looking back and going... Oh, don't get me wrong, I will occasionally for a bit of fun on Facebook. I go, look, Jesus, look at this thing I used to do. God, it'd be nice still to be able to do that. But I don't really think in that place... I'm constantly going, okay, this is where I'm at today. I want the most out of this. That's what I want, the most out of what I can do today. And then the next day, and then the next day. So that I'm not I'm not finding that I'm getting preoccupied with what I can't do anymore. I'm finding the new limits based on where I am, if that makes sense. I'm probably getting a little bit deep with some of this now. Some people will be scratching their heads going, what the hell's he waffling on about? But I know this probably resonates with some people. I think in many respects, that is a real martial artist. Somebody that doesn't go stale. Somebody that is constantly pushing themselves to find their current limit. Not looking back on what they could once do, you know, how hard they could once train, 
how many rounds they could fight in. You know, they were constantly on a, on a journey. You know, at, at the minute I am... Actually, I, I was meant to be having a meeting with somebody this week, but one thing or another, family, life, that sort of stuff, I didn't get to go over yet. But, you know, I'm looking next year to to get more into uh, body weight training and uh, some light weight training as well, you know, just to give myself a new a new direction, a new challenge, a new way to push myself that I haven't done yet. I know I turned 40 in January. Does that make me a granddad? No, it doesn't. But the reality of it is, is I am going to have to change the way I'm training, the way I'm thinking, the expectations I'm putting on myself so that when I turn 50, I'm still in a good place to be able to do the things I enjoy. I've digressed a little bit probably, but that yeah, that's what I think. That's how you become a real martial artist because... What is a martial artist ultimately? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so this next one also comes in from Reddit, and I'm probably going to butcher your name. I'm going to try and say it. Pro Orochimane or or Pro Orochimane. Uh, anyway, I'd love to see. Well, you won't be able to see. Um, actually, I might be able to put it in the show notes. In fact, I will. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll, I'll find it on YouTube because I know it's there. I'd love to see. What are the most bizarre and downright weird techniques you've ever seen somebody pull off during a sparring, during sparring or an actual match? Okay, there's some, there's some here. An older one, one from going back a few, well, twenty years, maybe a bit more. Um, martial artist by the name of Kim Do, which any martial arts trickers out there will recognise that name from sort of the nineties, early two thousands. Um, he's actually a professional stuntman now in America, as far as I know. I met him a couple of times. Quiet guy, but very, very talented. Um, well, he was quiet with me. I might have just put him off. I don't know. But anyway, um, Kim, if you're listening, reach out. <laughs> but no, uh, Kim Do, he landed a technique called a Webster, which is sort of like a front somersault axe kick, best way to describe it. Um, like something straight out of a ninja movie. It was awesome. Um, in a sparring match, if I remember, his uniform was like camo uniform as well, which made it even more awesome. Or maybe that's just my memory being wonky. But yeah, he landed... A front somersault axe kick and knocked the guy out. And I, was, I was like, what is this? This is crazy. Um, more recently, I think if you look at... Um, it's not... I don't suppose it's as bizarre, but I think given the setting... Because I've seen people pull these off in Spiral all the time. But yeah, think of Michael Page when he did the tornado kick, 180 round kick, whatever you want to call it. Different names, different things. The spinny turny kick. Um, sparked the guy out in the cage. Knew he'd connected it. Didn't even turn to see if the guy was still stood. And I believe he was looking at the guy's um, corner through the cage or supporters or somebody. Just staring at the guy out of the cage. While the other guy's wobbling about and on the floor. That was another one. Um, another one, another cool one. I know Michael Page has done some awesome ones over the years. I'm trying to think of any other cool ones that I've seen recently. What? Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the guy. Can't remember the name of the guy. It was recently. He ended up gassing himself out as well. Well, so opinion is. The was it UFC or Bellator? I think it was UFC. The guy that was doing like backflips and stuff. Um Oh, who was the guy that bounced off the cage and did the round kick as well, where he put his foot on the cage? For those of you that don't know me very well, I'm I'm terrible with names. I have this weird brain thing, like condition where I forget names. <laughs> I like I should have bits of paper written down everywhere. But anyway. Um 
uh, oh God, what was his name? You know the one I mean, where he, he jumps, he does like a push off the side of the cage and does a round kick to the guy's head, and and then everybody in gyms across the world was trying that the next week. Every, you know, we were all trying it. Everyone was jumping off posts and off the side of cages trying to do it. That was an awesome one. But yeah, who was the guy that did the backflip? Was doing backflip stuff, crazy, crazy stuff. But yeah, I think there's some big ones. But going back to the the, the initial one, the first one, uh, the Webster, the the somersault axe kick from Kim Do, just mad, absolute madness, and the fact that he managed to hit it. Um, also over the years, Alfie Lewis and some of these guys, Mushinkai uh, fighters, doing um, cartwheels and stuff and landing them. It's just amazing, absolutely amazing. Anyway, let's move on. The next one comes from somebody with a real name, Colin Squire. Um, Good guy. He gets involved with the podcast stuff quite a lot. Um, he's asked me uh, what the best training techniques for reflexes. Um, go on. It, it depends. It, I guess it depends on what you're trying to train. Now, um, a little thing I'll just say. Some information that I came across years ago. Apparently, everybody's reflexes, unless there is uh, medical reasoning, Apparently, everybody's reflexes from the fat bloke eating chips sat in uh, an armchair to a super athlete like Lewis Hamilton, or pick another one. These guys that are like stupidly fit and are training hand-eye coordination to an extreme. Apparently, when you do like the ruler drop test, the reflexes are identical. Um, now, that's with the finger movement, obviously, but from what I understand, from what I've learned, and again, if there's anybody out there that has a, a degree in this stuff and can correct me, please do. But from what I remember hearing or reading about over the years, um, you can you can't you can't improve your reflexes, but you can you can uh, improve the response within the muscles or the the biomechanical elements of it. You can you can re- you can improve your ability to uh, respond the, with the technique by just practicing it over and over and over again. Um, with the kids, a little one that we do is we get them to hold the focus mitts open and snap them shut like uh, like a crocodile mouth. So they they have to do a front jab, a front jab. What other kind of jab is there? They have to do a jab or a cross through the pad gap, and the other person has to snap shut. So both people are working on on their speed and distancing and stuff. You get the kids that like put the pads really wide and try and slam the guy's fists shut. Um, you got to watch for that. But that's one. Um, another one, well, I don't necessarily know this one's training reflexes, but it, it, it certainly makes you aware of how your movement and constant movement um, can affect the other person's ability to react. Um, the game where the pad holder holds the pad, and obviously, little caveat here, you've got to be careful because you don't want to be starting um, jarring joints and stuff, but a cool one to try is, in your, at your own risk is uh, the pad holder, focus mitt holder holds the pad, the other person's like taking. I'm actually doing the movement now, Simon. Yeah, the other person uh, takes up a guard position and throws a, jet, a lead jab or a, uh, like a snap back fist and tries to hit the pad. And the other person, the pad holder, has to try and move the pad before they they hit it. Uh, again, you have got to be careful with that because you know if you if you're flicking your arm out, you could obviously do muscular damage or joint damage. So you train at your own risk. All I'll say is I've done it for years and I've never hurt myself doing it. I have actually seen somebody train that though and hold the pad in front of their face, move the pad and get smacked in the face. So that's just stupidity though, isn't it? Don't do not do that. Um, other things for reflexes. I think anything really that involves um, 
reaction based moving you know um a, 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 there's a little drill that we do a footwork drill where we use a, a hoop on the ground uh, and fighter one takes up a, uh, a right stance or left stance and puts their foot in the hoop and the other person's job is to as the first as fighter should we say as person one steps out of the hoop fighter two or person two is to put their foot in the hoop if they swap their stance they have to swap their stance and and uh, working on reaction based stuff that way around but there's there's loads of different ways uh, play loads of computer games there you go. <laughs> oh, don't do that, really. Um, but yeah, I hope that helps, Colin, even if just a little bit. Um, the next one. Now, I know his real name, but I'm actually going to use his Instagram name because he's epic. Please don't take offence anybody out there because this is not my Instagram name. This is his Instagram name. I'm just reading it as it's printed. The Fat Ninja underscore new. <laughs> oh, but then he comes in with a real serious question, actually. Um, am I wrong to not want a Taekwondo reunification? I feel that WT, for those old school people out there, it's WTF. I feel that WTF, WT, I know they said WTF there. I feel that WT has gone too far from a martial art. Eesh, here we go. Okay, now a little backstory here. I started out in WT, what was WTF Taekwondo, um, and then I moved on to ITF. Not for political reasons, just because the club shut. One second, grab a drink. Yeah, I'm going to need it for this one, I think. Um, by the way, that is a coffee, not a beer. Just in case someone is wondering. Um, has it gone too far from a martial art? Okay, we first of all, in able, to, in, in able to be able to answer this question, we need to ascertain what is a martial art, which, again, is going to be very fluid because from person to person, that's going to change. It's very subjective what a martial art is. Um, now, I'll be honest, I've not been all that heavily involved in World Taekwondo or WTF for 15, 20 years. Um, I went to the World Championships in Manchester earlier this year, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, I don't know what it was, but they, it, it maybe somebody that's involved in the, the art can explain this. They're, the fighting there seemed to be a lot more aggressive than at the olympics i don't know whether that was strategic i don't know whether it was a difference in rules because i know that they do change the rules a lot it's very i'm sat there with my dad explaining what i thought were the current wt rules and it turned out they weren't they changed them completely because they were pushing each other anyway has it has it gone too far from a martial art i mean you know you know, there are arts out there, from memory, judo, for example, which were designed more as a sport than an actual martial art, but I would argue that judo is a martial art. I might have got that wrong, by the way. Feel free to correct me. Um, is WTF Taekwondo a martial art? Yes, it is. Is the emphasis they place on competition sport? Yes, it is. Do people know that when they are getting into it? I think, yeah, they probably do. I think you'd you'd have to have your eyes closed and your ears plugged to not know that. I mean, even even back in the eighties when I was training it, in it, it was very heavily competition biased. It was all about we're training these techniques to compete. You know, it was never we're training these techniques to kick Nigel in the pub in the face. Although I have seen people use them and work it quite well. It was it was always very much we're training to compete, we're training for sport, which isn't a bad thing. 
I think it only becomes a bad thing if you perceive it to be a bad thing. Which again, the subjective element of all of this comes into play. Are you wrong for not wanting Taekwondo reunification? No, you're not, because you're perfectly entitled to your opinion. You know, do do I? I, I mean, do I think it's going to happen? No, in a million years, I don't think either side are going to give on that one. Um, but perhaps, perhaps there's something going on here that I don't know about. I, I did hear actually, I did read about it. Um, somewhere about there being some sort of reunification but you know you've got all the forms and the difference in the techniques and the different sparring rules and the political elements and let's get to the cut of it all the money side of it as well how is it going to be distributed which rules will be adopted from which sides ultimately can it happen it can will it i don't think so i mean Look over here in the UK. How many years now have we been trying to get a standardised rule set for all martial artists to follow with regards to legalities involving insurance and DBS checks uh, and child protection policies? Have we been able to get that far on something as basic as that? No. The chances of them of reunification for Taekwondo, I personally feel, and again, unless this is happening and I've missed something major here, the chances, I feel, are non-existent. It, 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 pff, hey, maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I, I personally don't see it happen. I don't see it happening, to be honest. It's just too much. There's too much at stake for both sides. You know, monetary things being probably the primary. So, um, nah, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Anyway, thank you for that question. That was definitely food for thought. The next one comes back from jolly old Reddit again. Um, this one comes from, I think it's called BikeBot. He's one of those people that uses a three instead of an E. I don't think it's Big 3 Bot, because that sounds weird. Not that Bike Bot doesn't, but anyway. Uh, he says here, I'm taking Taekwondo class. We play. We pay a monthly fee, and we pay... Uh, Alright, hang on, I'm going to reword this. I'm taking a Taekwondo class. We pay a monthly fee, and we pay for belt promotion tests on top of that. Is this a standard practice? Okay. That phrase, belt promotion tests. Sometimes rings alarm bells for me because it might just be that you're calling a grade in a belt promotion but in my experience when I hear somebody say belt promotion graduation it tends to be less of an actual test and more of a rite of passage through time served bills paid I can, I'm, I'm not going to try and digress too much into that one because Again, that's a different thing altogether. Um, is it standard practice to pay monthly training and grading separately? Yes. Is it standard practice to not? Yes. It's different from different. It's different from school to school. Um, in my school, and again, I'm not going to get into this whole debate about what you should charge, what you shouldn't charge, because you charge what you want to charge. You aren't better or worse if you charge more or you charge less. It's your own choice for your own reasons. And if anybody ever tells you you're wrong for charging too little, tell them to do one, jog on, whatever you want to say. Bow, be nice, I don't know. But it's not, it, you charge what you want to charge for your own reasons, nobody else's. As long as you're not lying to yourself. Anyway, and I, I'm digressing again. Um, 
in my school, I'd say my monthly fees are pretty average. You know, um, £29 for once a month, 39 for twice, 49 for unlimited. Could it be higher? Yes. Could it be lower? Yes. It sits around the middle. I know that you know the the, the other local um, full time schools, some of them charging more. There are schools that charge a lot less. You know, whatever. Um, now, what I will say is, I also charge for gradings because I feel our monthly fees are they're a little on the low side, um, really. To be fair, by grading fees. This is probably going to shock some people listening. They're probably going to be like, oh, what are you doing that for? But I'll get to that in a minute. My grading fees up until three months ago were still £15. Now, I was charging more for grading. I say I because I was working for another school. I was charging more for gradings at a school that I started working for 20 years ago. It was 20 quid of grading then. So I was still charging 50 quid of grading up until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, months ago, sorry. Now, it went up to 17 on a whole £2 difference. And the reasoning for that was we switched to a new booking system to deal with the gradings because it was the paperwork was becoming an absolute freaking nightmare. I switched to a new um, online admin system, which incurred additional costs. Now, the honest truth of it is, do we make a little bit each grading? Yeah, we do. Once you've factored in the time, the additional staff um, wages... The paperwork, the printing costs, the delivery for the belts, the belts themselves. We make a little bit on it, but that's what I'm happy with. Now, some people choose to make gradings a very profitable exercise, and that's okay if that's what sits well with them. It doesn't sit well with me, so I don't do it. But to get back to the original question... Is it standard practice to charge for belt promotions, gradings for people listening, on top of monthly fees? Yeah, it is, and there's nothing wrong with it. And if if anybody tells you there's something wrong with it, like I said earlier, tell them to jog on, to get lost, to do one, whatever. Pick your niceties. Because there's no one right or wrong answer for any of this. There are some people out there that would have you think that we need to give martial arts away for free because that's the martial arts way. And that is bullcrap okay i try not to swear as much now because itunes don't like it but <laughs> screw you itunes um, but no um it's rubbish it, there's you sh- we shouldn't be giving it away for free you know for god's sake even mr miyagi had daniel cleaning his cars in return for teaching him martial arts <laughs> but no joking aside you know we put think about i i you know i've with just myself, you know, with my training over... God, how much have I spent on training over the last 30 years? I've travelled all over the country, in Europe. I've, tra- I've, tra- I've travelled to Asia. I've, tra- I've gone all over the place to develop myself as a martial artist. Um, how can there not be a monetary value to that? I'm getting off on a slightly weird tangent here, I know, but it does tie in. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to charge a monthly fee for that. And for my gradings, I don't, everybody's different, but I sit in on all of the gradings. I deal with all of the admin and I do the gradings themselves. I sit there and go through that process 
in my school we don't hold the gradings in the classes we we um set up separate times to assess students at the weekends um because you know our monday to friday classes and saturday mornings uh, there are some students within that that aren't going to be ready to grade because, shock of all horrors, in my school, we don't grade everybody every time. They only grade when they're ready. So, uh, sorry, I shouldn't. That was a little dig. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, um, because of that, I don't feel it's fair to push those students out that aren't ready for whatever reason and not have their class for them to take that week because the grading's on instead. So the gradings are at the weekend. So I'm giving additional time to the school, to my students, away from my family, away from my own rest time and whatever. So I feel there's a monetary value on that. I just so happen to believe that it's £17 per person. Some schools, you've got to be careful in this one as well, some schools will say, oh no, we don't charge for grade. I'm using that voice for some reason. We don't charge for gradings. We don't believe in that. But our monthly fees are £120. It's like, yeah, this is because you're just charging them the gradings every time, even if they don't take them. So don't, you've got to be careful with that one. Now, am I, am I saying that that's wrong? If it sits well with your values, then happy days. It's not wrong. I don't like it. Um, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't charge students grading fees within their monthly tuition, knowing that they might grade once a, once a year. It doesn't sit right with me that, you know, are, are they better off paying a monthly fee and then paying that once, you know, one grading for the year, 17 quid? I think that's a fairer way of doing it. Is charging them £10 extra every month for the entire year right? If you think it's right, then fair enough. I think it's a bit cheeky. But anyway, there's my roundabout answer, Mr. Bike Bot, Big Three Bot. Sorry. Forgot your name wrong. Okay, next one. This one comes in from Lee uh, on Facebook. Lee B. Golden, who runs a fantastic martial arts blog. Go check it out on the Facebooks. Um, he says here, given all the viral videos we've seen with martial arts challenges uh, of varying styles, what is your take on the validity of BJJ as a style among styles in an art that is largely meant as an avenue for good health, discipline and restraint. Have we lost our way? Now, if I, th- I think what you're saying here. Now, first things first, let me get this straight. I have next to no experience in BJJ. Have I had a little go? Yes. Am I any good? No. Could I get better at it? Yes. If I put the time in. Um, I just haven't for whatever reason. Um, I probably should. I've got several friends that are incredibly good at it. I've actually got a staff member that's training in it that he could probably help me out. Anyway, getting back to the question. Um, viral videos. Viral videos are a pain in the arse, aren't they? They really are. Because nine out of ten times they're missing context or somebody's added in their own slant on what they feel it is to suit their argument. Anyway, let's not... Anyway, let's move on. Uh, what is, let me reread this, what is your take on the validity of BJJ as a style among styles in an art that is largely meant as an avenue for good health? Well, you see, here we go. It depends, doesn't it? It comes back to what I was saying earlier. It depends on what martial arts is for you and why you do it. You know, I... We were talking with Rob from McDojo Life 
the, the sorry, you shouldn't have gaps like that in podcasts. It's apparently it's bad. Um, but we're speaking to Rob from McDojo Life the other day, and there is a need. There is a need for us to be pressuring, checking the validity of claims that people make. Now, it depends if, as an instructor, you are making certain claims. If you're going to make certain claims, you've got to be ready for people to check those claims out. If that means, you know, if you're claiming you're a BJJ black belt, you've got to be ready and expecting BJJ exponents from other schools, from other instructors, to turn up and try you out. It's going to happen. So if you're not what you're saying you are, you need to shut up and stop doing it because you're going to get called out for it. Um, do I think that people claiming to be able to teach no-touch knockout, not knockouts, <laughs> no-touch knockouts and, and this sort of stuff needs to be challenged? I think, unfortunately, in today's day and age, yeah, you do. Because if you're going to claim that you can teach people to do this stuff, you've got to be able to prove that you can do it under a pressure test environment otherwise you just should not be doing it now in an art that is largely meant as an avenue for good health discipline and restraint have we lost our way i don't want to sound like i'm sitting on the fence all the time with these but it depends what your way is you can only lose your way if you personally digress from what it is that you're wanting to achieve. Some people set out with the sole aim to test themselves, test their art, and take that as far as possible. So it could be argued that by going and testing these viral videos that pop up, they're not losing their way because that was always their way. That's why they got into martial arts. And if there is the option there for them to do that, then obviously... That is a part of martial arts. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a viable option. I mean, if you see what I'm saying? It's very Matrix, this, isn't it? It's very there is no spoon. <laughs> but have we lost our way? I don't think so. Because th- what is the way? What is what is your way? You know? Um, it, it, very subjective one. But a good good one. Good, good food for thought. Right, let's move on. We've got to be getting towards the end now. Surely... Oh, we are actually... Oh, no, I've done that one. Are we at the end? I think we actually are at the end. I think that was the last one. I was about to read out what I was going to say is the last one, and I just hadn't put a pen line through it. So that was the last one. Oh, that was a nice one to bring it up, wasn't it? What was that? 50 minutes. That's pretty cool. So, guys, thank you for your questions. That was awesome. I really enjoy doing those. Um, I hope this is recorded all right, otherwise I'm going to be in a right bunch of trouble. But, no, um, thanks for your questions. Um, some good ones there. Uh, I I really do enjoy doing these these episodes because you, you can probably tell the passion in my voice when I'm replying. Um, it gets me thinking and, and challenging my own thoughts on my own perceptions of martial arts and what it means to me as well. Um, the the only way that these can work though is by your interaction, by you guys sending in the questions. And, and to be fair. I don't mind if you just occasionally just send in random questions, random sort of um, statements, feedback, ideas, just in general, because I can drop them in in the podcast at any time. It doesn't have to be an Ask Me episode to ask a question. You know, uh, when you see these pop up on Facebook, the best way you can help with them is just to send a question. For example, JP's question. When's the Scott Atkins episode then? You know, it's just... 
it's only a tiny question, but it's cool. And it gets me thinking and gets me an idea. So just, guys, just send them in. Whenever I do these Ask Question episodes, just, just don't ask, what's your favourite kick? Because just don't ask that one. <laughs> what's your favourite kick? What's your favourite punch? What's your favourite block? Anyway, anyway. Um, I'm going to get those now, aren't I? I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, uh, just ask your question. There's no such thing as a stupid question, so just please do ask. Right. What we're going to do now is we're going to jump on to a phone call with something that I've been teasing with now on social media at the start of this episode for a while, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to get onto the call with this person and let them do all the explaining on it. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Okay, guys, so joining me on the phone now, we have Brad from Marshallytics. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, thanks, Chris. How are you? I'm great. So I've been teasing everybody now for the entirety of the show and on social media. Nice. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief! Um, but yes, uh, uh, people have been messaging me, going, "No, oh, what's this about?" What you know? Because obviously, I dropped the logo for Marshallytics on Instagram and social media, Facebook, and things. Oh yeah, yeah. and then of course, people are straight away, "Oh, what's going on? What's going on?" Um, so we've got you on the phone just to talk a little bit about what's going to be happening. Obviously, um, I think it's probably obvious now that Marshallytics are going to be um, helping out the show as one of our new sponsors. So I thought it'd be nice to. To get you on the phone um just right. to tell yep. our listeners a little bit um about yourself and about martialytics and, and how you're helping out people in the industry yeah well obviously our, our main thing is is about growing schools and schools are all about community mm-hmm. um so we wanted to help you being one of our long-term great customers wow. <laughs> um, doing great thing with with the the podcast and it's from I mean, the start isn't it? as well so it's yeah uh, just about very yeah, cool. you're, you're right. Your school ID is one of our earlier ones. Like, I think oh. there's a, a couple before you, but not, not many. Um, yeah. So you really helped us get off the ground. And obviously, we want to sort of return the favor and give back as much as we can. We're still a tiny little family business ourselves as well. So we get how schools are run in that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's what we're all about. So makes sense to us. Um, yeah. Win-win. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, for the benefit of our newer listeners, um, some of which are very new within the last sort of month or so, that might not have heard our last interview, which actually do go back and check it out because Brad's been on the show before to talk about martialytics about a year ago, I believe. Yeah, something oh, like time, that. Time flies. I, I had a does. kid in that time, so <laughs> yeah. Just so, just for the benefit of uh, the the people that are just joining us this you know, last couple of months, could you tell us a little bit about martialytics and um, how yeah, it's received and, and and what it is that you do for schools? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if we go back to sort of the history of why Marcelitics came about, it's because I was training at a, a Kung Fu school in Perth in Australia, mm. and we were still using cards, um, like physical cards for attendance, yeah. so you'd sort of put them into a tray, and the instructors would mark them off that you were there, and um, it's there's just no sort of record of, of who was training when. There's no way yeah. to sort of go through it quickly. You'd have to sort of go through every card and... Um, you just wouldn't have an idea of how your school was running. And they and they had sort of 350 students uh, in two different locations running this way. Oh. Um, and it, to me, because I, I was working in technology, I, I sort of always have worked in website design and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I was thinking, this is madness. How do they have any idea of how their business is running? There has to be a better way. So we started just sort of building a, a basic database of students um, to track attendance and, and therefore Marshallytics was born and... Um, it sort of taken a life from there. Now we do sort of everything from attendance tracking to lead management, billing, mm. uh, communications, automations, 
Um, we've got apps coming and yeah, we're just constantly in development, making new stuff. It's really exciting and it's fun as well because it's completely sustainable now. Um, where we've got three people, um, uh, myself, my cousin, Glenn, who does mm. all the programming and my sister-in-law does all the customer support and social media. So it's a real family affair. Yeah, it's, I mean, and, 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 and as you say, it's been part of it from, from its uh, conception really from the from day one pretty much yeah i've seen how it's grown and evolved and um it's really cool to see how it's it's changing and developing um you know it's, what's really nice as well is you know if i've got some feedback or ideas i can this they even built into the system itself is like a little chat window so i can be on there doing something i think oh this would work really well or oh actually how do i do this you could just open up that chat box ask a yep. question and then you get, an, you get a reply fired back, usually pretty quick, which is nice. Yeah, we're pretty on it, yeah. Um, it's, it's great to be able to just talk to people where they are and where they're using it as well. Um, which is, is, yeah, it's really cool. It sort of connects us to our, our customers as well. We sort of like to do little road trips here and there and go out and see people. Uh, we've got to make our way up, up to you now, uh, up in Nesra. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So, um, I... For just for the benefit of people listening in that uh, you know maybe still using the card system, um, I I've I mean I, I there's one of the cool things about this um, agreement that we're putting in place is that you know I've worked with other sponsors before in the past, some great people, but I didn't really use their products, and it was a case of I was having to sound all supportive and hey go and use this cool <laughs> stuff that I've never used before. I mean I've been on board and using this now for I'm gonna try to think how many years five. Five, five years, years, I would oh say. My yeah. Goodness gracious me! And it is—it's just become an integral part of my my school now, and I can't, I can't, I couldn't see us not using it. Everybody's so used to using it, and the cool thing I found as well—it's really easy to use. It—it's stupidly easy to use, you know. And you just well, set that, up the that's iPads, kind of our, and off and you that's go. kind of our philosophy. Um, yeah. We we do that um, mostly for business reasons, really, because we find that if if it wasn't easy to use, then we'd get a lot of support questions. And then we'd have to hire more support staff to handle that. Um, <laughs> makes so, sense. <laughs> so it makes sense for us to make it as super, super easy to use so everyone can just pick it up and, and not ask us too many questions about it, really. Because uh, when you start to talk, talk volumes, which is what you need, because we like to keep our costs down as well. So there's a certain point where we need uh, X number of hundred schools to make everything viable. Um, and then if you weren't easy to use, then you'd have to you'd be inundated. So yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a business reason behind that as well. Um, so it's, it, it's, it all aligns nicely. It does. It does. So um, I know that, you know, in the, the coming months, I know we can't say too much now, but I know in the coming months there's going to be some further exciting developments, martial analytics. So there maybe, is. yeah, maybe we could, you know, a little tease now, maybe we could have you back on in a new year just to talk about that a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. Sounds great. Yep. Obviously in the meantime, off air, feel free to tell me about what all those cool things are just on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, joking aside, you know, really looking forward to working with you guys and um, and seeing what the future holds. Sounds great. We're, we're really excited to be supporting the podcast as well. So thanks, Chris. Thank you very much. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So a great big thanks to Brad, not only for coming onto the show, but for well for offering to help me keep this podcast going because let's be honest nothing's free in this world and my god podcasting certainly isn't free not if you want to do it properly like i'm trying to do at the moment so 
a huge thank you to to Brad and the, the team at Martialytics for uh, believing in what I'm doing and for showing that support to help push the episodes forwards. Um, now, I've actually had a, a couple of people contacting me asking about how you guys can help, what you can do to to help the show as well. Because let's be honest, you've not all got loads of money to be throwing at me. And why would you? Besides the fact that I'm nice and you like what I do. But anyway, besides that, joking aside, what can you do to help? Well, simple things, simple things. Sharing the episodes as I launch them on social media. So as you see the link, just click the share button and share it. I can't do that on my personal profile at the minute. So you'll be doing me a huge favor um, by sharing those links. That is a massive, massive thing that you can do. And is One share from a few hundred people is a massive thing, massive thing for us. Now, uh, aside from that, another really simple thing that takes literally a, a, a minute, if not even that, is on the like page for on Facebook for um, the podcast... There's an option to invite your friends to like the page. If only a handful of people do that, it it seriously it jumps the numbers of people involved and in getting involved and um, builds the community massively. We had a few people do it last month, which ironically is kind of how I ended up in my Facebook ban because I said thank you to them and Facebook thought I was spamming. Cheers, Facebook. Um, but no, seriously, if you you know if you we went from sort of six six hundred. Um, likes to over 800 uh, very very quickly because some people invited their friends to like our page so I'm not saying that you should invite Pam from two doors down or Steve the ice cream van owner from up the street they're not going to be interested in it so don't invite them but well they can you can if you want they might become invited they might become involved in martial arts as a result but no in all seriousness invite your friends that you know listen to podcasts that you know are into martial arts training and and get them involved in this what is becoming a community it's so cool to think that my little talking into a microphone uh one day a year and a bit ago uh, nearly two years ago now it's turned into this massive community that we've got and um i'd love for that to, to continue to grow this is never going to become my job so i'm not in this for monetary reasons but as i mentioned on the previous episode the more that I can put into this financially, the better, the bigger, the the more opportunities I have to speak with bigger guests. You know, I'm joking with Matt Chapman last episode talking about getting Jackie Chan on. You know, that that's that's difficult to do. You know, um, but with this, the show has more reach. There's a possibility there that we could approach these guests and we can make these things happen. So, what starts out as a simple share of a podcast link, as a simple inviting your friends to like our show turns into something even bigger so you know do consider getting involved in that way now funnily enough mentioning matt chapman we're gonna go now to our call with matt chapman who as i mentioned in the show is at expert empires right now um it's the evening time i would imagine now by the time i speak to him so hopefully he's not frazzled his brain too much and he's not been at the bar for too long (laughs) and we can get some good information as always Please do enjoy, get those pens and papers ready, make some notes, and I'll catch you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. All right, guys, so join him on the line now, all the way from Wembley. That sounds posh. Ooh, it does, yeah. It's not. It's Mr. Mr. Matthew Chapman. Hey. <laughs> oh, thank you, mate. I How are you? I'm good. 
I'm good. Yeah. Just finished teaching. Yeah, yeah, just finished teaching. Um, end of the week. So I've got that end of the week vibe going. So Yes, yes. So, why are you in Wembley? Uh, I'm at a conference called Expert Empires, which is about uh, expert businesses such as ours. So, <laughs> learning new stuff, getting new ideas, and uh, trying to apply them all. Very cool. So, um, when when you say experts, uh, I'm, I'm assuming different fields, sort of. Yeah. Um, copy, you know, uh, advertising, no, no, no. social media. No, no, oh no. no. Okay. <laughs> there's there's quite a few martial artists here. Oh. And I've met a few PTs and a few yoga instructors and a few physios, and so it's kind of much more, you know, grassroots business focus which is good that's interesting okay yeah, so so please do please do tell us what, what sort of expert things have you learned today then <laughs> um lots but the <laughs> main the main thing that uh, i enjoyed most was uh, the guy who runs it is called nick james yes and he did a really good presentation on like the eight predictions for the next decade oh which i thought was pretty cool what, like a my- mystic meg kind of thing yeah, do you remember? Her? I do. I'm old, like you. Yeah, because you remember the voice. Yes, I have this image now of Nick James on the stage doing a Mystic Meg voice. He, he didn't, sadly, but, predicting um, the lottery numbers. But he did. Uh, he did some good stuff on like what's going to happen, sort of in the expert sort of niche okay. market business, which I thought would be quite useful for our martial arts listeners to listen to. Let me get a pen and paper. Oh. Um, I've of course learning opportunity. I'm not missing that. I am. I am actually getting a pen and paper. It's a Hello Kitty notepad. <laughs> one of my kids. One of my kids has probably left it on the uh, on the desk. Oh, when on a sil- silver permanent marker. That's quite concerning. Anyway, <laughs> interesting combination you have. Thanks. Looking around my desk now to see what's being written on. Anyway, so let, let's let's go then. Let's get let's get into the date. So he was talking about in like the last decade, Facebook was the big marketing platform yeah but obviously that's getting a bit saturated and it's getting a bit expensive for a lot of people to to use as a, a vehicle so he thinks that going forward instagram will be bigger because it's a little bit cheaper currently and linkedin will be a, a big one as well so less less is going to be happening on facebook uh which is kind of what people tend to agree like gary vaynerchuk tends yeah. to think that facebook's going to get too expensive for most small businesses so to look elsewhere as well. So that, I thought that was quite interesting, seeing as I use a lot of Facebook, you use a lot of Facebook. I think most martial well, arts instructors do, don't they? Well, you say I use a lot of Facebook. <laughs> but? <laughs> well, actually, interestingly enough, I have actually been making, because I've had to, a bit more of a concerted effort with my like pages. Um, right. And surprise, surprise, because I'm using it more, it's working better. Yeah, you're getting more reach, right? Getting more reach, getting more, you know... Um, uh, people interacting on it and yeah yes it, it's working as it's designed to yes uh, so you know it, it i've kind of oddly enough turned my like page into my personal profile yeah i'm yeah. not arguing about game of thrones and who's going to win i'm a celebrity but i am actually sort of interacting with people on a yeah. personal level which i believe is uh, from what i've heard another one of the forecasts isn't it that we're going to have to be a little bit more yeah personable. Um... Less less automated stuff and more personal touch, personal content, which I think is makes sense to us all, right? We're all fed up with the robots and uh, the automated answer machine messages you get when you're trying to press four to get through. 
And what we all really want is just a person on the end of the phone to speak to, don't we? Or to yes, message yes. or into, to engage with. So yeah, I think in the next, he's right, in the next 10 years, personal touch is going to be a massive thing, which is good because that's what martial arts is based on, isn't it? The personal relationship between the instructor and the student. So I think that's cool. Yeah. Although interestingly, <laughs> that, um, have you seen the, the Google um, voice thing that's been trialed? The, the no. AI, the AI, oh, it's amazing. The, the AI Google's assistant yes. sounds like a real person and interacts on the phone like a real person. Oh, my uh, God. And I saw there was been some videos, Google launched some videos showing it being used live to make a phone call to book a hair appointment. So the person, did, said, uh, the person said, OK, Google, um, sorry, everyone's phones are now lighting up. Um, <laughs> 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 the, the person said okay the g word um, yeah. and then uh, make a hair appointment at sally's for nine thirty on saturday and then the the google assistant made the phone call to the place and it sounded like a real person making the phone call blimey i'm calling Scary, to make an it? appointment for blah 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 uh, and then the, and then the the other person said oh i'm really sorry we only have nine fifteen available is that okay and then the, the Google Assistant was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, I may need to double check and get back to you. And then it wow. went back to the person and told them. Uh, wow. A thing popped up on the phone and said, oh, I'm really sorry, Leo, but it's amazing. So <laughs> Judgment day is coming. It is, isn't it? It's not yeah. far. It's not far. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, it, 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 it's only Pam at number five getting her hair permed for now. <laughs> For now, yeah. Five organisms going to kill us all, but you know. <laughs> Can you imagine that they're pre- predetermined and this is how it began, and it's just AI. Yes. <laughs> trying to book a hair appointment, and that's it. Terminators. You know, drugs are killing us all. <laughs> um, anyway, we digress, as we usually do. Um, so, um, Facebook's changing. We're yeah. going to have to be nice to each other. Yeah. And, then... and also, like, free stuff is going to be less common because as you know when you offer free things on facebook to people the turn up rate for a free course for example is like 10 or 20 percent it's so low it's ridiculous so he's saying that people are going to move more to a paid model where you pay for a trial or you pay for a intro course or you pay for things um so there's more likelihood of people turning up and i found that when i've run free events like the actual show rate is just so low but yeah, if I, there's no value in it, is there? Yeah. It's free. So, yeah, I'll not turn up. It doesn't matter. It's free anyway. Yeah. You know, you're on the sofa. It's like, oh, I can't be asked to go to that. It's free. But as soon as you actually invest time, energy, or money, you're more likely to turn up. So that was cool. I thought that was useful. And one of the other things he said was that email marketing is be- going to become less important because the average person gets 100 emails a day. Yes. And more direct messaging. So whether it's Facebook or or WhatsApp or whatever you're going to use, but actually just messaging people to arrange things is going to be a big thing. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. um, I do a lot of email stuff, and, yeah, I've noticed my, like, people who actually click on my emails and open it is going down gradually over the years. So, yeah, it's going to be more through direct message, which is kind of true because now a lot of, you know, especially for martial arts schools, a lot of the ads are send a message, aren't they? Yes. So it's all going to be going through building rapport and all of that through through messages and stuff. The, other, the only other thing he said that I thought was very cool was he thinks content marketing is going to go away and story marketing is going to become 
more of a thing. Ah, uh, stories okay. that lead to emotion um, and sort of entertainment and then education rather than come and learn kickboxing at my school because it's cool, more like a story about a kid who dealt with bullying and has become a confident adult and then trying to um, get people to come up for a trial after that, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. So rather than like your free report or your free guide or free intro to martial arts, more stories about how you've helped students, more stories about how people have, you know, changed yeah. their lives through martial it arts. It makes sense, doesn't it? Because it, it people can put themselves in that that story. They can replace Billy, the bullied kid, with yeah. Sally, their bullied daughter, or yeah. themselves, you know. Uh, exactly. This, oh, this is Jim. He was overweight and felt bad about himself. Blah blah blah. And they think, yeah, that, that's me. Yeah. Um, that's right. You can identify with it rather than just like a sort of report or a intro guide or all of that. So it's it's yeah. He was bang on the nail. I think in the next ten years, all of these things are going to be more and more important. So it seems to be like a shift from sort of um, automation and that sort of thing and more to personal touch, personal contact, personal relationships, personal stories, which would make sense because people are going to swing the opposite right way from the stuff they're getting nowadays, aren't they, in the next 10 years? So what you're going to have to do is write 99 stories to promote your martial arts school. Yes. Damn, Chris, that's a good idea. Hey. Hey, I'll get writing now. I'll have that right tomorrow. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you because I know you'll take action and do it. I'll sit down to do it and be like... Yeah. yeah but what you could do is look through all your student um lists you know all the students that have quit because you've got a list of like three thousand four thousand five thousand students who have quit in the last decade and just think oh yeah i really helped uh you know john with his confidence and i helped billy with his weight management and then start creating stories off the back of that and or message them and say you know i'm doing a piece on you for some of my um, marketing, would you be interested in being interviewed or chatting about it or anything like that? So, yeah, there's ways of doing it. Absolutely. Mm. Very cool. So is this a, was it a one-day event or are you back again no, tomorrow? Two days. So I'm here again tomorrow um, and they've got the rich guys tomorrow. Ooh. So there's a, a guy who sold his company for a billion. Oh, just a billion. Just a billion. So he, he's on tomorrow, which should be pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've learned lots of stuff um, and ch- chatted to a lot of like martial artists, PT type people. For some reason, we tend to find each other and gravitate to each other, yeah. right? So we're at the bar and I turn to someone on my left and I turn to my right and then I have a chat with someone and they're a martial arts instructor. So it's, we kind of obviously spot each other. You can smell each other. Yeah, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> we have a certain odor. We have the odor of masculinity about like it, like musky yeah. sort of sweaty, gay yeah. sort of gloves sort of smell. Do you think? Yeah, I might be picking up on that. The pheromones, right? You might be what? Sorry, pheromones. Oh, I thought you said phones. I'm like you're not giving each other's phone numbers. <laughs> pheromones, you know the smells you yeah. give out based well, on. You I just thought you said phones. <laughs> phones, eh? Keys in a bowl next. Jeez. Oh no no no, we're not doing, <laughs> we're not doing that again. <laughs> oh that no, no, no. No, no 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 no. Okay, so um, anything anything else coming up? I know we've got Black Friday coming up. Everyone's 
everyone's chomping at the bit for that, aren't they? I've got our Black Friday sale planned at the school. I've got some sale yeah. online I mean, courses. Personally, I like Black Friday. I yeah. like spending money on Black Friday. Um, obviously, you have to do a bit of research on the best deals, but there, there is some good stuff to be had out there. I don't actually leave the house, obviously. No. Come on. no I'm not going to be like, running like... around Tesco's front-kicking people in the, into the frozen peas section, Ooh. but I do it all online. And, yeah, I, I like Black Friday, so I spend a bit, and I you know, tend to get the kids' toys for Christmas on Black Friday where there's deals going. And um, various other bits and pieces, and then I also do a sale for Midmaster on Black Friday, which it does good, and you know gives people a big discount. Uh, so yeah, I think Black Friday's fun, personally. Yeah, Black Friday sales shopping in a supermarket is a little bit like that scene in Jingle All the Way, where yeah. they're going for Turbo Man, and it's the last one. Yeah, it's just mental, isn't it? Yeah, I just I like watching it on the news, like people just falling over each other, and just fighting, just over fighting with like plasmas and stuff. Yeah, it's just mad. I mean, there was a it, near me, there was a stabbing on Black Friday. Two people fighting, no. over someone got stabbed. So you're like, for God's sake, people, madness. Jesus, I, I don't. I anybody out there know why it's called Black Friday? Is it is it because of? The death and destruction that ensues during <laughs> yeah. said sale, or is there a reason for it? There must be. I don't know. We will find out. I'm sure a reader, a reader, a listener will let us know. Someone who's smart, but I don't know why it's called Black Friday. Probably an American thing, isn't it? Well, it is. It does come from America, doesn't it? So it's got to be something like. That. Mm. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. Um, sorry to take away from the bar. I'm assuming that's where you were. It, I was. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, you can go back now. You can go. Back I'm getting it. And Don't carry on sipping your cocktails and extracting information from the people. <laughs> sipping cocktails. Love it. it here's, here, right, here you go. Here's a challenge for you. Yes. Sell one of your courses to somebody. Oh, man. All right, okay. I'll give it my best shot. I'll let you know next week. Because if there's martial artists there. Yes, they would be interested in it, wouldn't they? Well, how cool would that be if we could set that as a challenge on, on the show and then... Oh, I- you check in next week and you go, yeah, sold one. I'm on it. I'm going to go back to the bar. Just make sure they do it through my affiliate link at the top of kickbackpodcast.com. <laughs> no, but I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, well, got to try, haven't you? Go cool. Try. All right, dude. Well, thanks very much. Um, and get back to your cocktails and we'll speak next week. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Thanks, as always, to Matt for giving his time. Really do appreciate that. And I know for sure that the listeners do as well from the great feedback that we get. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to tap into more of that awesome knowledge from Expert Empires and beyond in next week's episode two. Okay, so to round things up this episode... Um, keep an eye out on the like page, Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to be dropping a few sort of bonus clips, um, little bits. Obviously, uh, last week's no, yes, last week's episode um, with our Mark DeCasco special, um, or was it the week before? Time flies. Anyway, um, I uh, put together a quick clip of the very cool message that Mark sent through to us um, for this show for everybody to be able to listen to because I know that some of you sort of listen to the shows in bits and for the benefit of the people that didn't get to hear the show or haven't checked it out yet, I posted that clip that Mark sent. It was, I mean, that was it's one of those top 10 cool life moments. 
you know, when Mark DeCascos sends you through a, an audio message for your podcast. Um, so I'm going to be doing little bits of other things like that as well. We actually um, got through some recordings from some other actors and, and, and martial artists that weren't able to uh, send them in time for the previous shows we've done for Van Damme and other people as well. So I'm going to be sharing those with you. So do keep an eye out um, on the podcast streams and on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter feeds as well. Um, also, this week, um, I'm actually waiting any time now today for the box to arrive um i'm going to be um doing a limited run of kickback with chris the martial arts podcast t-shirts some official merch now um unlike the other the other offers that i've had going that have been through online providers i've actually got a limited run printed myself and i'm going to be posting them out direct myself which enables us to keep the costs down a little bit and Truth be told, it means that more of your money goes back into the show. So I'm going to be doing this limited run initially, um, £15 a shirt, which is an absolute bargain, uh, plus postage. Now, how much the postage will be, I don't know, because I've not actually been to the post office yet. But I'm going to do my best to keep the packages as light and as slimmed down as possible, so those postage costs are as low as possible. But you're going to be looking at a few quid at the most, I would think. A couple of quid, maybe even less. I don't know. But me being the honest person that I am, I'm not going to charge you over the top for the postage. So once I've got um, everything weighed out and we know what the prices are going to be, I'm going to release them to buy on the Facebook group, on Instagram, on Twitter, and even by a private message on Facebook if I know that you're interested as well. Be sure to check out our new sponsors at Martialytics. If you Google search Martialytics, their details will come up. We will also put their details in the show notes. As always, be sure to check out our friends over at artmarshallclothing.com using the promo code CJ19 to save yourselves a massive 20% on any orders you place from their cool merch that they sell. That promo code will only work for another few weeks. It only works up until the end of this year, so do not put it off if you're planning on buying some gifts for yourself, for your loved ones, for your martial arts friends at artmartialclothing.com. Use the promo code CJ19. Also, don't forget, if you go onto our website www.kickbackpodcast.com or martialartspodcast.co.uk, click the banner at the top for Mipmaster. If you go through that banner, we get a put no pun intended a kickback from matt himself and um, for each sale that is done through that banner link we get a percentage back straight into the show to help us with our costs so if you're thinking of buying any of matt chapman's awesome mitmaster content please do do it through that link because it helps out our show as well not forgetting my own website too onlinekicking.co.uk if you're interested in improving your kicking skills want new drills to teach your students looking for strength and conditioning you probably saw some of the videos I posted earlier this week actually head over there stupidly cheap deals I keep getting told that I need to put the prices up and I need to in the new year to be fair but um, some awesome stuff on there pad drills strength and conditioning and breaking down of techniques um, anything kick-based, head over there. Uh, as always, I do encourage you to check out the feedback and reviews first. These are from real people that you can go find on the internet. They exist. They are people. Um, and check out what they've had to say before jumping in. Um, a couple of them, you can do some free free samples as well, so you can get an idea for what's what. Or you just get in touch and ask me, and I'll happily help you out. Big thank you to everybody that's helped out, supporting by sending in questions this episode, and of course to our new sponsors at Martialytics. Please do go check them out. I'm looking forward to the next episode. I'm not going to tell you too much about what's going on. Maybe. Okay, little hint. 
we might be talking to somebody from Japan who also designed the podcast logo. But we'll leave that there. Looking forward to the next one. Speak to you all soon. Thanks as always. Have a great week, weekend, whatever it is you're doing. And we'll chat soon. Goodbye. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today.